Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coming at you on a Friday. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Hey, give me all you got Friday. Right out of the gate, we're going to be chatting with our friend Gus Cagill, Saints and Pelicans correspondent, who has come on every Friday for the last 14 years. Just means we're getting old. Norman Locke, he's getting older i wouldn't say he's getting old but he will be in studio with me in about uh 35 minutes and i'm just letting y'all know it's going down it's going down but let's welcome gus on board right now as we are uh chatting with him live this morning no pre-recordings just as he's you know it's dad life you might hear the kid in the background he's getting them ready but that's how committed he is to his craft, or really, that's just how nice he is to me, taking the time to come on. Good morning, Gus. What's happening, dude? Hey, buddy. How are you today? When it's a preseason game, do you say, it's game day? Do you say, absolutely. I do. Game? Yeah. Okay, so you say it like that. You say it with that, that kind of vigor. Yeah, sure, man. Because look, look at it this way. You only, what, do the math 20? Only 20 times during the calendar year do you say it? And... Really, the only days you can say game day during our shows is probably preseason when they play on a Thursday or Friday, right? Most of those game days are on Sunday. So yeah, but you you got to just. Um, I feel like you need to add. I think it's like simulated game day. That's how you should do it. That's how you should oh, say. Oh come on, simulated no, look, game day look, again. At least tonight, you could sit on the couch and there's the logo and there's Saints football and there's all of that. I mean. Man, I look, I, there's still a level of excitement just because it's a game and because there's something going on. And, you know, um, quite honestly, it beats better than projecting and predicting or thinking that you're seeing something at OTA. And, you know, I, look, it, just like anything else, there's things to pay attention to. And for others, those are jobs on the line. I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of along your lines, don't I? I love your, I guess, uh, approach to things because. <laughs> You know, I probably am going to start my show later today with the most important game and book has ever played. I mean, I mean, it is. Because to me, honestly, this might be for a roster spot. Like, I mean, are you coming home from Green Bay? If he plays like he did last week, just move, just close the book. Close the book and, and donate it to the oh, library yeah, and the move book. on. Close the book. Close the book at him. Look, I'll, I'll say this. I had a couple of people on yesterday that watched the practice, you know, and we were relegated essentially, Scott, obviously, especially at the time you come on, but reading the day's tweets from before, the reports and observations are literally like me on air, uh, you know, live reading, you know, the, re- the tweets of who's doing what and everything. And I thought it was interesting whether it's Rob Domofsky of uh, ESPN that covers the Packers, Rob, uh, I think Schneidman from um, – 
from the athletic. I, the Packers had two great practices. You read Saints reporters, the Saints had two great practices. But here are so, the few things that went you know, wrong. Well, the Packers couldn't really throw the ball, or the Saints, uh, their offense looked really out of sorts. But here, that's even like even in like training camp, when your defense looks good, well, guess what? Your offense doesn't look good. And then when you're going against another well, team, you might say, oh, well, this will bring some clarity, but they you, they end up just right. kind of saying the same thing unless you completely dominate the other team in practice, which is practice. That's probably not going to happen. Right. No, and and, I, and that's what I was kind of getting at is I didn't know who was doing what and doing anything. And, you know, I just kind of went with uh, reasonable deduction here of, well, if it's a back-and-forth situation like you just said, Scott, like a tennis match where one offense versus another defense does good or the other two defenses – um, that's actually still not a bad thing if I'm a Saints fan. And the main reason is because Green Bay is actually a very good team. And, you know, I mean, they haven't gone to the Super Bowl. Um, they've fallen short over at the, um, you know, in the, uh, in the NFC Championship game. But that said, one of the things that you've seen is this is a team that, um, has gone to the NFC Championship game. Now, you can say, well, it's because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, when you have Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, it's it's going to be a team that has a shot to do that. Like, yeah, fine. Well, you're playing a guy in Aaron Rodgers, and you're getting a chance to work. And I think when you see things like Aaron Rodgers basically hanging out with the same defense um, after practice, high-fiving them and all of those different things. I think it Hey, let's go idea. do some acid, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, I mean, just it's, I think it's cool. I mean, it gives you an idea of their respect level and all that. And DeMario Davis said it after, you know, the Wednesday workout. You, you got better today. You're figuring out why he's checking at the line, why he's doing those things. So, I think it was beneficial. And I think when the offense went on from speaking to people and what I was able to pick out of it, Scott, if they, if they blocked anybody, the Saints offense moved football. So, you know, if if they were able to get a second, even Ian Book was throwing touchdowns or completions to Alave and Thomas looked good. And, you know, I, I, I think it, it, that's what I took out of this. And Because, again, that's a good team. That's a team that is contending. So if you're having that kind of workout and you're looking at that, I mean, even – you know, Dennis Allen said, he's like, look, that 3-4 defense is no joke. We don't see many 3-4 defenses, but that's one of the better defenses and a defense that would be competing for a top three spot this year that the Saints face. So I, I think it was solid work, but it is funny how you view, you know, things like that. But back to Ian, to two people yesterday, flat out. I'm like, give me one player that played really well, stood out, one player that didn't help themselves and uh, Malcolm Roach on defense was somebody that I heard a lot of. That um, you know, you remember you saw in the Texans game, chased down a player uh, for the Texans on screen and, and forced the punt. So he had two good practices and continued there. But dude, everybody kept telling me Ian Book actually didn't look good at practice. So I, I, I'm kind of joking. It's almost like he's not, not I mean, good. <laughs> you know, imagine not. Imagine not. And look at the. the they just uh, Sean was great at working with quarterbacks. He was terrible at drafting them. I mean, he only drafted four. I mean, you know, but uh, Ian Book. But Scott, you say that. I don't know if he was good at drafting them. I I've said no, that. no. I, I think, said he was. He was good at. I said he was good at working I, I with. Right. He was not That's good at drafting them. No. 
I mean, okay. well, that's what I meant yeah. to say. I don't even think he was good at working with that's, them. That, that might be that. That's fair because other than Drew Brees, well, the reason. You know. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, they, look, all right. So I understand very. You know, look, the Saints were very unique in having a Hall of Fame quarterback, and not many teams have it. You know, so like I immediately think of what the Packers were able to do, um, obviously, and you know even. The Patriots are the team that I, I think of the most. Brady was there forever. But they had enough players at some point in time, whether they played so well in preseason or wasn't going to get a chance to start like Jimmy G, that the Patriots traded them to either the Dolphins or you know other teams thinking they would be their starters. Now, they never panned out, but they at least had that. There wasn't anybody in the galaxy that was trading for anybody that the Saints had. I mean, the closest they had was Chase Daniel, right? I mean, that, that was it. Um, the Mount Rushmore of, uh, of backups, but that's it. And, and, and I, I, I think when you look at maybe his time here and things of that nature, I, I don't know how much development you can do, right? Well, I mean, because Breeze is going to take the snap, so – I don't know how you can develop. I actually go back to something that Gruden said on a Monday night game that I, I've used for years now, and it's along the lines of your, your phrase that you always give me when you talk about um, you know left tackle, either have one of you or pay for one, and it's the fact that you um, really don't have a way to develop quarterback because as we see at OTA, mini camp, or training camp, the starter is going to get the majority of the reps with the ones and the twos go in. And I always joke about it during training camp when other fans can see it in team drill, it's maybe 12 snaps, the third to fourth string quarterback, JT Barrett, they get two snaps. They get two snaps. And out of those two snaps, there's a very high percentage that your fourth string center snaps it onto the ground. It's a worm burner, one hopper or handoff. And then he'll throw a screen. There's the whistle, period over, special teams. How does that guy develop? It, it, you like, know what? I, there, it, it brings <laughs> up, it brings up, but you bring up a good point. Gus Kangel, our guest, Saints yeah. and Pelicans correspondent. NFL Europe was a good thing when they had it. Bingo. It's not about, oh, well, I didn't really watch the World Bowl. Like, who cares? You know who went there and developed? Jake DeLome. You know who? You know what? When he first got there, he was a backup when he first got there. Mm-hmm. You, know who, you know who was Adam? Kurt Warner? I mean, these yep. guys, and I, it's funny, I asked Jake, they won the, the, the World Bowl championship. I was like, did you get a ring? He's like, I think so. I was like, do you still have it? He's like, I, don't, I have no idea where it is. I'm like, dude, you should rock that thing. But, um, but like, the point is, like, to, to develop as a quarterback, now you could go, and the thing about NFL Europe is, you could say, oh, isn't that like the USFL? Or It's not, yeah. because it had the NFL no. backing, so they had more actual practice reps. They had more young coaches, not, hey, let's, let's hire a coach that's been fired four times but is a name to, to, to coach this XFL team that, you know, that's going to get together and practice after a few days, uh, practice for a few days and then play a game. It's not, it's not a de- – those leagues are trying to squeeze dollars out of pennies, and, most, and they always yeah. end up failing, but they're not, de- they're not actually developmental leagues. And so I think for quarterbacks in particular, you know, yeah, you can be on the practice squad, but you're just kind of throwing off to the side and you're learning by watching, but you're not actually getting to learn by 
by doing. But, you know, the, the reality is the Saints can't draft a quarterback. If you Since Archie Manning, they've drafted yeah. at quarterback Todd Santos, Gary, Gary Godowski, Mike Buck, Doug Nussmeyer, Danny Werfel, oh. Mark Bolger, oh. who was a pro bowler but who oh. they cut in training camp. And I don't even blame him because he had, like, the worst training camp ever. J.T. O'Sullivan, Adrian McPherson, poor guy, the Titans oh. mascot, took him out. Sean Canfield, Garrett Grayson, Tommy freaking Stevens. That was a great idea. Let's let's burn a pick to, so the Carolina can't pick him, even though he's awful. And, yeah. Ian, and Ian Book. Classic show. I mean, you know, like, like Jake DeLone was undrafted, and that was the Ditka era, and he, he proved to be pretty yeah. good, but he did it with a division yeah. rival. Um, Aaron you know, Brooks uh, was a trade. Aaron Brooks was yeah. a trade. You, been, you mentioned a backup in Chase Daniel, who no one would say is, is a great quarterback, good backup. They didn't, yeah. they didn't sign him as a UDFA. He was, he was in Washington. So, like, they can't even yeah. – you, you, <laughs> When it, you look at the quarterback since Archie that you would say, okay, they were, they were good. You know, maybe not great. I mean, Breeze was great, but they were, they were, right. they were, they were starting quarterbacks. You would look at Brooks. You look at Jim Effort. Neither of them were, were on the Saints. You know, they, they, they weren't drafted by the Saints. So I, um, uh, it's just, you know, Jeff Blake was free agency, and that was only one season. Right. That is a position. Right. And if Jameis does well, you know, if he proves to be a serviceable quarterback, well, he's the number one overall pick. Well, not by the Saints. They they right. just I don't I don't trust them. There, there's two. I get it. Oh well, yeah, the staff's very different. You you went through three different, actually four different eras of of coaches and three different GMs. I don't care. That's a, that list is long. Whenever it's long enough to cover every era, it means all those regimes were terrible at drafting quarterbacks. I'm gonna need that list. That could be. I- that would be one of those. Oh my goodness! Um, no, man, it's crazy when you think of it like that, you know. And and I think that's probably why, though, I also brought up so much about um, the luxury you have in a guy like Andy Dalton, you know. And you saw in one drive what we were seeing at practice, and uh, what I've said on your show when you come on mine. I I think he, um, you can tell the difference. It's just. You know, it's not just the eyeball test, Scott, but it's, you know, the eyeball test. He's not developing, so right? Yeah, your you're backup, you want it to be a guy that, that started before that's so that if you have to play him, you're not like, oh, if, unless, Gus, unless you're a team that's being very honest and you're like, look, we're, we're in, we don't want to use the word rebuild, but everyone knows that's what we're doing. And so right. we're going to use these, these, you know, this year to, to develop and give reps and stuff. We're going to try to win every game, but everybody kind of knows what's going on here. But if you're a team that's, you know, I mean, you, you, you have aspirations of winning a division, getting to the playoffs and you're built to do it. Don't, don't mess around with the backup quarterback. Don't, don't, don't have a project as number two, have somebody that, you know, maybe you don't want them to start 17 games, but uh, if you need them to start four or five, they can do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's one of the things that you look at, too is um you know how do you develop do you have the time to develop it and i think that's you brought up some interesting points um that team for you to develop a quarterback has to be in a position to like you just said where you know we're starting over or looking for a quarterback to develop or something um if you have a team that's a playoff caliber team, you probably have a good starter. So when is that guy going? Yeah, look, you're right. I think situation also brings up when you can develop, how you can develop, or even if you can develop a quarterback based off of, you know, where that 
team is at, at that point in, in the process. I, I think those are, are valid. You know, and all of this is to say, of course, um, I think the most important take uh, when it comes to Ian Book, and, and that's Scott, you know, do the Saints hold him at the roster spot? Because that's where he's at right now. Um, that performance really is one of those where, you know, that's the one thing that everybody kind of took out of that game. My goodness, if he didn't have a roster spot. And I think when you look at it from a position of what makes sense, what makes sense to me would be, you know, I'd rather keep an extra linebacker if I need another one of those receivers, special teams for gunners or just players like that. Keep the spot for someone on special teams and, you know. Right, because he's not playing, Scott. He's never going to play. And if it gets to the point, quite honestly, again, where he has to come in and start like he did with the Dolphins, um, Taysom Hill's a quarterback. I mean, right? Wouldn't you you put a guy that at least can do something? And I just – and like I said, I used to go back and forth, man, with people last year that were – you know, heck bent, dude, on, on trying to convince me that Ian Book is this and that. And I'm like, look, it, it, when we went into that game with against the Texans and uh, Dennis Allen was, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's high praise, but the thing that he spoke highest about when it came to him was his uh, when he goes off schedule. It wasn't how he reads defense, how he commands the huddle, his arm talent, when when you're telling me, oh, it's when the play breaks down. Here's the secret. Plays really shouldn't break down that often in the NFL. If they do, Scott, it's what we saw with the Saints practice on Wednesday. The O-line can't block anybody, right? I mean, let's be honest. Like, I would say over 50% of the time, you're probably running the play under duress, but you're running the play. Like, if you're off schedule very often enough that that is your highlight, that's not a good thing. It probably means you're not getting rid of the ball quickly enough. You're not reading the defense. In the third quarter of preseason game number one, the OC is yeah. not calling for a play that's going to take five seconds to develop. It's not. No, it's no, vanilla. No. It's quick. It's, it's preseason football, baby. Yes. Uh, Saints Packers tonight. So what? Andy Dalton, the series, maybe two, and then the Ian Book show, so that the Saints can officially close the book on him. Is that is that what we're predicting tonight? Mm-hmm. I, I would say. I mean, again, I, I can't imagine that you wouldn't see anything basically like you saw with with, um, with Houston. I think the other thing too, Scott, to think of is one of the things that happened on Tuesday and on Wednesday, where that you you got the people nicked up. Chase Hansen got nicked up. You lost James Hurst. Um, you know, Alante Taylor left practice early. So you already have some guys that probably we're going to see a lot of snaps. And quite honestly, I don't know how many snaps I want Trevor Pen- uh, you know, Penning. If Hurst is out with a foot, is he going to recover in three, four weeks? I mean, I don't know the extent of that injury, right? I mean, Dennis Allen said it was a foot injury. But is it a week or is it two? And my goal now, if I'm the coaching staff, if I sat in that meeting yesterday, is uh, next Friday. A week from today, August 26th, against the Chargers, that's the dress rehearsal. I like to see Jamison, Thomas, and Landry, and Olave. And, you know, I want to see against the team that whacks the Cowboys apparently in practice in the Chargers. But, that again, that's a team 
that's going to be contending in a dominant AFC. They brought in Khalil Mack. They brought in that, uh, the guy that was making all the interceptions with New England. I can never remember his name. Um, and, and they got a really talented quarterback. So they're going to want to have that as well, the Chargers. And if I'm the Saints, that's my dress rehearsal. So if Hurst is going to be ready for that, I'm trying to try to get him ready for that. If he's not, that's a really good test for Penning. So I, I go to Wednesday's practice, and Dennis Allen said that, you know, you had Landon Young and, and, and Penning see a lot of snaps. I mean, and Young had the day off. So, I mean, you, that would Ramchuk had the day off. So, I, I, if he, Penning already had a lot of snaps at practice, how many snaps are we going to get in this game? I don't think it's going to be like Houston where he basically played most of the game. Um, but those are things to kind of look at for that because you're, you are, you know, when you look at that calendar starting to get closer and, and health is going to start the matter. You don't want to go into Atlanta limping, dude, uh, at key positions because to me it is like a neon sign at a hotel over on airline highway, bro. I mean, the offensive line is the concern right now in terms of health and in terms of just how good they are. 100%. Pete got nicked up. All, all of, I mean, when Pete's nicked up, your left tackle's nicked up, your other left tackle looks like he has a ways to go. The, the absolute last thing you can afford is that these guys don't get healthy and then you hope that they can make it through Atlanta and start to learn on the job. I mean, I, I don't know how else to look at it, but it, I mean, it's never a good thing when I'm sitting there and talking to people that were at practice, Todd Graffanini, who's been there as well. And I mean, he chuckled and I go, Oh, so what you're saying is the Saints are using every draft pick the next year or two on the offensive line. And he just started laughing, you know, in a very sarcastic, sarcastic way. So um, that's where they are though. But that, you know, again, that's kind of the things that I'm looking at tonight. Biggest question mark, no doubt right now is the offensive mm-hmm. line for the Saints. Biggest concern as well. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Uh, Tom Brady, where is he exactly? We'll discuss that a little bit, and um, we will get a quick take on the Pelicans, and then we'll let Gus take off. It's a Friday. Give me all you got Friday. Don't go anywhere. It's a great Scott show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coulda, shoulda, and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. What you? What are you saying? Oh, you trekkies and TV addicts. Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static. Oh, you cling on to your grandma's house. Grab your back street friend to get loud. Well, welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Give Me All You Got Friday. Gus Kattengill with us on the phone line for a few more minutes. Gus, taking a look around um, the NFL a little bit. <clears throat> This Tom Brady thing, here, here's, here's been my take on it the whole time. He's Tom Brady. The Bucks, when they signed him, said, we'll let you do whatever you want, and that's what he's doing. And Todd Bowles is now waffling. He'll be back after the Tennessee game. Now he's like, well, I didn't say specifically when. I just said after. Well, that's, that could be pretty much any time after this weekend. Uh, he was kind of insinuating that it would be right after. Now he's not sure. Listen. 
I feel like Brady just he he he's forty five. He doesn't want to do training camp, and the Bucks are like, cool. Uh, that's fine because we don't want to start Blaine Gabbert this year. So do whatever you got to do. Um, but now that Bowles is kind of being coy about it, many believe he doesn't know exactly when he's going to come back. And perhaps that's true, but I, I don't, even though Brady wanted to go to Miami and all this other stuff, I don't think he's in danger of not playing this season. Like you, you I don't think he's about to do a Kiko Alonso and be like, Nope, I'm good. Uh, I just, I feel like for Tampa Bay, maybe he'll be slightly rusty to start the season, but I doubt it because he's Brady. Just as long as you keep him upright. But then when their old line keeps getting hurt and they're losing players here and there, it's kind of like, man, I, I maybe maybe I don't like I I listen to that argument, but at the end of the day, I would not bet on him not being around this season. I mean, he's he's playing right. I mean, I still think so, yes. That said, I'm with you. It's very odd, isn't it? Um, It's very odd. Uh, I think one of the things that stands out to me is, uh, and I brought this up yesterday on our show, that, you know, this is, you know, this is a, um, this is a team that is very similar with New Orleans in that they are being asked, right, to, do or or they're going into the season the same way that the Saints are. The defensive coordinator is the head coach, the offensive coordinator that you know call to help call the plays, do what I mean, you know, Bruce Arians is is kinda of like Andy Reid too. Oh no no no, those other guys that are offensive coordinator. Like we always looked at Bruce Arians and he was the one calling the plays. <laughs> you know, so um it's sort of the same situation, yet I find it very odd that everyone's still, oh, it's the Bucks, it's the Bucks, And it's all because of Brady, right? I mean, if, if Tom Brady wasn't playing, would the narrative be the Bucks are still a Super Bowl team? The no, well, like, I, think, I think they've got a really – I think they got a really good defense, and I think they have players, but if Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback, of course not. I mean, of course not. I mean, they, I they wouldn't the thing, even – you know, nobody would be talking about them even being a, a, a team with a winning record. Well, what I guess what I'm trying to get at is this, too. No one's really thinking about or, I guess, verbalizing how is Todd Bowles as a head coach with a guy like him. Tom Brady's very particular with his coaching staff, right? Um, if a guy that he won a Super Bowl with, apparently, is one that they got rid of, or if you will believe the reports when he came back was, I'll come back if Bruce Arians does it. I mean, like, then how is he with bold? I, I just, I guess it's just I look at the demeanor um, about it, and I think it's another reason why I, I think if I'm a Saints fan, I appreciate what Dennis Allen's been so far. When you hear players speak specifically about what he brings and um, the communication that he's had, the leadership, I and mean, Jarvis Landry, first time he talked with reporters and OTAs, specifically mentioned. Dennis Allen and, and how he coaches and speaks to players. And you look at um, him speaking about injuries and, you know, from his starting quarterback to anyone to Taysom Hill, it's ribs. Like th- these are things Sean Payton would have never said, right. To any, uh, to any reporter during the off season. And I think when you look at other things, Scott, I don't know if you thought, it was a big deal. It um, happened after your segment on our show. If not, I absolutely would have brought it up. 
But I think of everything that happened Tuesday and Wednesday to me, one of the biggest things that happened was what Michael Thomas said after the um, practice on Wednesday. And that was about Dennis Allen. And he talked about the plan, the team, and he had them on to ramp them up. And I thought that was nice to hear. But, Scott, it was the very end, and if you cut the sound, it's the one where he specifically was asked about how good are the Saints receivers or, or can they be this year. And what I thought was incredible was he then paused, and he offered it himself. And then he said, no offense to Drew Brees and Sean Payton, their Hall of Famers. But then he went on to say that Dennis Allen has the same pedigree, that this team can do – just as well. And that stood out to me. And I paraphrase, but when you, he specifically said the words pedigree, and it was an 11 second part, uh, end of that clip that I saved and I played at nauseum. I'm like, that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable buy in from a guy that Scott, we all thought had a problem, didn't want to be here. Is he really practicing? Is he sitting on his couch? playing, you know, PlayStation instead of working out. I mean, there's still a large portion of this fan base that believes that. And I just kept saying, you keep looking at him, you see the photos, like, that. you can't look like that and not work. I mean, you, you can't have, Scott, you work out, I attempt to, you cannot have that little body fat and not be doing something. It's impossible. And so when we saw him at OTAs, when we saw him at all that, and you can see the buy-in. You can see that he was there even when he wasn't practicing and the fact that he looks like Michael Thomas from two years ago, all of that. But to hear him say specifically that Dennis Allen has the same pedigree and that they're just here to prove that for him, those were massive words, man. Like, that was massive. And I think it stems from that trip when he went to Malibu to go visit him to – Get him either to buy in and all of that, but I, I I don't I don't know that I think anything was bigger this week than Michael Thomas, who looks amazing, coming out and offering. He wasn't asked, "Hey, how does you know Dennis Allen compare to Sean Payton? How does he compare? How does you know the, the coordinators compare and you know to to the play call?" He he was answering how the different receivers can do different things, and he paused, and then he said. No offense to Sean and Drew, but Dennis Allen has the same pedigree, and we're here, you know, to to prove that. I, I think that's that's big. It tells you their state of mind. It tells you all that. And all of this, Scott, is to go to the point that you just asked him about the Bucks in Tampa. Do they have that same level of buy-in? Do they feel the same way about Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles? And you know, does Tom Brady do? And that's what I'm saying. It's like, sure, those two guys were on that staff, but. If Michael Thomas, if Cam Jordan, if another, if Demario Davis, who was unhappy with his contract at the beginning of the offseason, were doing what Tom Brady was doing, Scott, your lines and my lines would be full the entire time because Saints fans are panicking. No one buys into the hire, right? I mean, I'm just saying, like, let's be honest. When you have a player that high profile and it's those coaches now running the show, you probably want that guy in the building. And I do find it interesting that he's not in the building, you know, as opposed to Michael the Problem Thomas telling people Dennis Allen has the same pedigree as 
than Sean Payton. I, I, I just thought that was an unbelievable bite. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great insight from the great Gus Cadengill at GCAT underscore one seven at GKATT underscore one seven. Not enough time to uh, get into the Pels. We got to let you run. I'll just say that um, schedule release video. If anyone missed it, you can read more about it on our website. Beautiful. But that was that was Beautiful. it was mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Um, thanks you know, for taking the time, man. Real quick. Real quick, I spoke with Andrew Lopez yesterday on our show, and he said when he talked to people inside the building, Zion was all about it, that he thought it was funny, and he was all about it, and I think that's the thing you take out of that, man. It's how, how different this, this franchise is, um, mentally, comfortable, and just the fact that he, he, he said, let's go do that. And you know, the idea was, was approached, and... He he was he spearheaded like I, that's kind of what I've gotten from someone else there as well. It's it um, he loved it and he was all about it. I love that, Scotty. If you're if you're in that place with management, executives, and players, you know, seeing Trey Murphy and Herb Jones at Saints practice, and then Larry Nance tweeting thanks for the invite, and they're like, dude, you're there. Walk outside. Just when you see that with Swin Cash and Witherspoon, I just. It, they're in a good place, Scott. I don't know how many wins they're going to be. Eight in the first 11 on the road, and you're playing the Lakers. You know they want revenge the last game of a, the road trip out west with the Suns and the Clippers. It's going to be interesting, but, you know, dude, it's right around the corner. 60, 62 days away from the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Tipping off. Oh. October is the best month of the sports calendar. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Gus, appreciate it, man. I'll I'll talk to you next week, my friend. Take care, man. Thank you, buddy. You got it. All the best. We'll let Gus take off. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come back and welcome back into the studio. The troll master himself, Norman Locke, is here on a Give Me All You Got Friday. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 